Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. This is your host, J.R. Briggs. And if you're just joining us, welcome. This is a community of leaders who are growing more and more convinced that resilience is the key factor for leaders moving forward. And we're glad that you could be with us. If you're a regular listener, welcome back, and thanks for continuing to learn with us. Now, I've been spending a great deal of time pondering and processing this question. What do leaders need most in this season? Since the pandemic hit the U.S. back in March, I've talked with literally hundreds of leaders who are processing the uncertainty, looking for perspective, and asking significant questions, and having to make very crucial decisions. As I've listened to these leaders, I've heard a lot of themes, a lot. And as we lean into the fall, I believe that there are seven primary elements leaders should be focusing on in the next four months leading up to the end of 2020. This is not an exhaustive list. Hopefully it's not an exhausting list either. But for the fall, this is where leaders need to focus their time. Number one, soul care, making sure our souls are being cared for as we care for others. Number two, leaders need encouragement. This has been an intense and encouraging season. Number three, leaders need big picture perspective to go up on the hill and to look over the whole lay of the land. Number four, leaders need permission to rest, to be human, to explore, create, risk, and even try new things. Number five, leaders need space and time to process complex problems, issues, and interpersonal conflicts that they're currently navigating. Six, leaders need to build resiliency. That's the whole point of this podcast. And number seven, leaders need to prepare for the now reality, the next reality, and the new reality, the framework for how we think about uh, being in uncertain times. Now, this is a framework by which we have designed our coaching for leaders, these seven areas. And if we can help you in these seven areas, let's talk. That's why Kairos Partnerships exists. It's not what we do. It's who we are in equipping leaders in this new reality. Our information is in the show notes if you want to reach out for more information. Well, let's jump into today's topic. In leadership, we talk about why we do things. We talk about what we do. We talk about how we do them. We talk about who to invest in. But we don't often spend nearly enough time talking about when we do things. As a leader, I'm growing more and more convinced that not all the hours of the day are created equal. I've had the sense that timing is crucial, but I've never known why until I read Daniel Pink's book, When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. Now, I'm a big fan of Daniel Pink's writings. And if you aren't familiar with his work, Pick up any of his books. They're fascinating, and he's a very engaging writer. Now, the premise of his book, When, is this. When we do things matters more than we think. Why do regularly scheduled breaks significantly increase students' scores? Why should we avoid going to the hospital in the afternoon? Why do prison boards grant parole for more inmates in the morning than in the afternoon? Pink answers all of these in his book. Science proves that we function rhythmically in our 24-hour cycles. What we do is important, but when we do it is crucial. By knowing ourselves, we can maximize our days by aligning our schedules with our circadian rhythm, that natural inner process that regulates our cycles of sleeping and being awake. This reminds me of pastor and author Rick Warren, who told a room full of leaders that they should focus more on energy management 
than on time management. We often use the clock as the marker of our days. However, since all leaders have limitations and need replenishment, focusing on our physical, emotional, and mental, as well as spiritual energy levels seems wise. We focused on this on a previous podcast, you may remember. You are prone to forget just how intimately integrated our bodies and souls actually are, how we work, how we interact with others, what gives us life, joy, and energy, and how we refuel has implications that go well beyond the physical realm. How we lead influences our levels of peace, our ability to be fully present with others, and our expressions of joy, kindness, and patience. Each of our bodies is wired differently, of course. Some of us are monkish introverts, while others of us are flaming extroverts. Some are early birds, others are night owls, as well as those who live in the middle, what Pink calls, quote, other birds. <laughs> Some are slow processors, others are quick on their feet. Some are doing their best work in isolation while others do their best work collaborating with others. Leaders don't have to fall into the comparison trap by constantly checking how they're performing against other leaders. Since we're all different, we shouldn't be tempted to believe that we must accomplish the same quality and quantity that others do, or to accomplish it in the same way or even in the same amount of time. Because of our unique wiring, it's important for us to spend time in thoughtful reflection. When do I feel most alive, most energized, most present, and wildly creative? When in my day or my week do I feel most depleted and exhausted? And where, when, and with whom do I refuel after my tanks are empty? The answer to these questions carry significant implications that determine how and when we schedule meetings, do creative thinking, have time with staff, return phone calls, and even check email. Pink share, shares that we have a peak, a trough, and a rebound in our motivation and happiness every day. For example, we possess noticeably higher levels of energy in the morning hours, which peak right before lunch at around 11 a.m. We then experience a trough in early afternoon when our energy and motivation wane significantly. If you've been to a conference, you know what the post-lunch coma feels like when you're trying to sit through a session and having a hard time keeping your eyes open. <laughs> it makes sense, of course, why Latin American cultures embrace an afternoon siesta. Pink shares that British researchers sought to identify the exact time when people's energy bottoms out in an average day, and they found the time to be 2.55 p.m., <laughs> the next time you yawn or you notice your energy lagging in the afternoon, do me a favor, check your watch. Look at the clock. It's eerie how close it will be to around 3 p.m. And then in late afternoon and early evening, we rebound to find more energy and motivation, usually somewhere between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. The fact that bars call this time of day happy hour is not a coincidence. Then. We slide back to a low energy level as it gets later until we eventually slide right into bed. This awareness of our circadian rhythm has helped me think more carefully and strategically about scheduling and what that looks like in my leadership. If you want to think resiliently, think strategically about how you schedule your day, not just what you do, but when you do things in an average day or week. Mornings often set the tone for the day. Arriving at the office or starting your Zoom meetings online may be the best time for preparing to give a presentation 
holding your staff meetings, or even having difficult conversations where we can meet other people who are climbing toward their peak of their their circadian rhythm as well. Afternoons, when that post-lunch trough sets in, it can be a great time to set a time, uh, time to respond to emails or to work on logistical tasks that may not take up a great deal of brain power. An afternoon meeting can easily be turned into a walking meeting if the weather is pleasant. The afternoon rebound can be a wonderful time to spend time with family, connecting with other life-giving friends, or having staff meetings. Maybe that's when you want to go for a run. And as evening slips into night and our energy wanes once again, too many night meetings, activities, or events can be unhealthy and unnecessarily draining. Pink also says that it's important to schedule in breaks. For example, getting up every 45 minutes from your desk for a quick walk to the kitchen to refill your water bottle may be more, have more positive effects than you realize. And of course, if you've listened to this podcast regularly, you know how important I believe walks are in our days. Take a break, especially in the afternoon, to go for a walk. But don't just think about your days. Think about also how you schedule your weeks. Think about the seasons of the year. They have peaks, troughs, and rebounds as well. While intentionally aligning our schedules with our circadian rhythm, we must also remember, though, that interruptions are a significant part of leadership. Patience and flexibility are prerequisites to effective leadership. We must embrace the interruptions if we want to be a resilient leader. I, like many others, are tempted to jam as much in a day as I possibly can, stacking meetings and appointments one on top of the other. When I fall behind, however, one meeting running long and dipping into another, I can become distracted and flustered, and I can sense my irritability rising. When I realized this about myself, I began to schedule with more, with more of an accordion approach. That's leaving at least 15 minutes of breathing room between each meeting. This simple change has given me space and time to be more present. It allowed me the permission to embrace the interruptions and see them as invitations and opportunities, not simply as fires that need to be extinguished quickly. Expecting the interruptions has brought more of a tenderness and awareness to my day rather than a rigid, let's just push through this kind of approach. A breathable schedule allows me to see and embrace interruptions with a posture of receptivity rather than irritability. While we seek to be more disciplined in how we invest our time, we also need to extend compassion to ourselves and to others. Structure is important, but so is flexibility. That's the whole point of resiliency, isn't it? But we won't always get it right, and that's okay. Above all else, we're simply attempting to be good stewards of the limited resource of time that God has entrusted to us. If we learn to steward the gifts of time and energy, not just how, but also when we use them, our leadership can be more fruitful and resilient, and we can be healthy for the long haul in this new reality. As Annie Dillard said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Taking Dillard's words, I might also say this, how and when you lead your day is how and when you lead your life. Well, thanks for listening. I'm deeply grateful for my friend, Joel Limbowen, who produces this podcast. His company, Ana Lim Productions, does great video and podcast production work. Check him out at Ana Lim Productions. His information is in the show notes. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning and think strategically about when you do things that will help you be more resilient.